0: Episode 306, November the 9th, 2017.
1: You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready?
0: It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back.
2: Strap
3: in and break. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news,
4: and news from around the world. It's This weekend Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by the all-new XJTalk.com. Are you an owner of a real Cherokee? If you own an XJ and are looking for the world's most premier website for tech, how-tos, and more for your Cherokee, head over to the all-new XJTalk.com for all the best info and, of course, Never any flaming or trash talking. That's XJTalk.com. We'll see you there. Well, we've got another recall notice. This one actually kind of fell through the cracks. It was announced late last month. Approximately 414,000 model year 2012 Jeep Liberty SUVs and model year 2012 through 13 Chrysler 200 and Dodge Avenger sedans were recalled due to a problem in the headrests. I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but uh, no, trust me, it's not the foam that would suddenly spawn tsetse fly larvae and burrow into your brain, but you could still die nonetheless, so heads up. According to Cars.com, apparently a component common to the occupant restraint modules may degrade after extensive vehicle use. This could inhibit deployment of the active head restraints, which automatically move forward in certain rear impacts to help protect front row occupants from whiplash injury. In other words, if you have one of the vehicles mentioned and it has high mileage, you could be at risk of a broken neck if involved in an accident. FCA noted in the press release that, 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 that then the condition may cause a warning light in the instrument cluster to illuminate, in which case owners should contact their dealers right away. FCA also noted that airbag function is not affected by this issue, and the automaker is unaware of any associated accidents or injuries at this time. But in the interest of safety and protecting life and property, Owners of the affected vehicles, high mileage or not, should contact their local dealer to have things checked out. Now, the dealers have been instructed to offer the repair of the problem at no cost to the vehicle owners. FCA has begun notifying owners this month by mail and other means in the hopes of taking care of this before any injuries do happen. If you think you may be affected by this recall and you want to make sure, you can call FCA directly at 1-800-853-1403 for more information. Well, we get an official look at the 2018 Wrangler JL's interior. Finally! <laughs> Jeep continues their slow strip tease of the new 2018 Jeep Wrangler this week by releasing a pair of pictures that give us the best look yet at the updated interior. We finally get a look at an un- unobstructed look, nonetheless. Beautiful look at the all-new dashboard, infotainment unit, and center console. No surprise, it's all quite a bit nicer than the current JK version. And hopefully, it will prove to be just as rugged, if not more so. The current Wrangler's interior is functional, and don't get me wrong, definitely serves its purpose and was a slight step up from the TJ era of dashboards. But like everything designed by FCA in the immediate post-recession era, its two defining characteristics were black plastic and bulbous forms. Neither of which really screamed Jeep to any of us. But the 2018 Jeep Wrangler takes a much cleaner, almost retro-modern approach. The gauge cluster, 8-inch Uconnect touchscreen, and four heater and AC vents are an even line across the top of the dash. A nice touch and a tip of the hat to the Willys and CJs is the gauge cluster and vents that are surrounded by a body color matched piece of trim that looks like, a, that looks like metal, but well, definitely isn't. The whole dashboard also has a flatter profile overall, which enhances the old school vibe as well. Below the infotainment unit, the entire center stack has been completely redesigned, and trust me, this is cool. In the old model, the power window switches and the two HVAC units were or HVAC vents were situated just under the touchscreen. For 2018, a more robust automatic climate control setup has taken that spot, along with an integrated volume knob for the touchscreen and buttons for the traction control, heated seats and heated steering wheel. Yes, I said heated steering wheel. <laughs> just under those controls are the window switches along with power outlet and a flap labeled media that's hopefully hiding some extra USB ports. But it's at the very bottom of the stack where things finally get interesting. For 2018, Jeep turned the somewhat inelegant single differential lock button into an intuitive, intuitive front and rear toggle switch and relocated it to just above the transfer case shifter. And this way with the sway bar disconnect button is also in the center stack now, along with four auxiliary buttons to smoothly run a variety of user-added off-road accessories. This is clearly an ergonomically centric redesign of the vehicle's off-road controls grouping them together in the one area that your hand is going to be anyways when switching into four-wheel drive. This makes so much sense, it, to me, it wonders, I wonder why this, is, this wasn't done sooner. Now, obviously, the true test for this interior will come when it rolls out on the showrooms and onto the rough and rugged real world of end-user abuse. But purely from a visual standpoint thus far, this new interior design looks to be leaps and bounds ahead of the outgoing model. We'll see for ourselves in person when the 2018 Jeep Wrangler is formally unveiled at the Los Angeles Auto Show on November 29th. And, hey, big, big thanks to all of you guys out there who continue to help us out by submitting stories for this week in Jeep. If you have something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, we'll be sure to let us know. Send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Damn, man, it looks like they're doing it
0: right. Uh, the thing that confuses the hell out of me is where were these people when they were designing the
4: new Cherokee the new Renegade. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly think I honestly think that there was a big house cleaning in the design and engineering department here in the last year or so. Um, th- th- this this Wrangler design looks so far above and beyond a lot of the 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 things that we've been seeing so far coming mm. out of the FCA camp. Yeah. This looks purpose built. This looks like they've took some advice. From consumers and end users this looks like how the wrangler should look as far as a new generation wrangler goes i mean this this screams jeep to me so yeah uh, if you guys want to check out some of the pictures we have them up online we'll have them up on our youtube channel as well mm-hmm. um but of course uh this will be in all of the auto shows here in the next uh, few weeks and uh and dealer room show showroom floors here in the next couple months uh, that is a nice looking interior, and
0: I, isn't it though? I, I'm isn't very, though? I'm very happy. It's it's very rem- reminiscent of the uh, the YJ uh, layout. Well, that was all. And I think you mentioned that it's just all nice and straight across there, but it does have a a modern uh, feel and look to it. So. Uh, and Very also
4: much too that that retro modern look, yeah, and, and with that with a the flatness, they've kind of squished things a little mm-hmm. more flat against the dashboard, not not as much bulbous and protruding things. You know, it it looks more utilitarian. Uh, looks I was going to say that, that a Jeep
0: well. is a utility vehicle. I mean, it doesn't. You can you can enjoy that. You can it has its own uh, comfort in 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 that but you're driving a utility vehicle that needs to look like a utility vehicle the damn thing is square for god's sakes you know it doesn't need to look like a uh the interior of a uh a rocket ship uh i mean that that's fun but you know it just kind of the in, interior never kind of went with the exterior
4: uh for the jk's in my yeah. opinion no i agree i agree wholeheartedly and and this definitely this new design definitely t- makes up for that so yeah, you guys got to check it out. So what do you think,
0: Josh? I mean, Tammy's not here tonight, so uh, we can't ask her, but uh, we can ask uh, since she's not here. You think she's going to be getting a new uh, JL to replace that Rubicon JK?
4: You, you know, I, I've been actually <laughs> kind of mulling that over in the back of my head. I've, I've wondered if if some of these new design cues and, and some of the new features and stuff are going to be attractive enough for her to start over, uh, if you will. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see her necessarily getting rid of the black Rubicon, but I don't see her completely ignoring a new JL either. So uh, (laughs) we'll we'll have to see if one was thrown at her, (laughs) (laughs) she probably would keep it is what you're saying. Well, I, what I'm saying is that she's—I think she's got a son that's uh, about ready to be a new driver here, uh, very soon, if not yeah, already—and yeah. uh, and so that might just be kind of worked into the mix. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Maybe we'll uh, maybe he's a red kind of guy too. That would be kind of nice. Well, um, I,
4: I I noticed that you kind of got all giddy and stuff as soon as those pictures popped up and noticed the the red trim and everything. Oh, is like, but isn't it isn't it beautiful? <laughs> the red and the black together. It they, really does work though. Yeah. It really does work.
0: So the other thing I'll say about this is, and I don't think you mentioned it tonight i uh i'm sure you've seen it i know i I shared the the picture with you guys on uh on you and tammy on chat the fold down uh windshield it it, it appears it appears and i think this is correct that you don't have to have a toolkit and forego the the roll bar (laughs) if you want to if you want to lay your your uh
4: your windshield down on the jls yeah, I don't know the exact procedure with the new JLS yet. I know that I know for the JKS, it was a little tricky. It yeah. definitely wasn't user friendly, um, uh, but uh, but nonetheless, the feature was still there. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I've I've heard some rumors that the new JL, the new Wrangler, next generation Wrangler, the front windshield will not only fold down, but it will be a little bit more user friendly so uh, we'll all be that. looking forward to that it yeah.
0: looked like that it looked like there maybe is like a big knob or something that you unscrew and uh, well, then believe it'll fall me, down it's,
4: the, the, I, have a, I have a jeep dealership about two miles from my house right here I mean just a <laughs> spitting distance and so you can best believe that as soon as they get one on the on the showroom floor I'm going to be out there I'm, I need to play with this for just like a few hours thanks guys yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> and we're going to have a video crew uh, come in and uh, split yeah, some right. lights up and uh, it'll be okay don't worry about it I'm with jeep <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, you do this. I'm with Not g- official. Not you, you, official. I'm just with G. Yeah, yeah, you go like this.
0: I'm with g Talks. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: Excellent. Well, I, I think they're doing a very nice job, but, but it still pisses me off that they couldn't do this with the new Cherokee. If they could design something that is reminiscent of the JK and the TJ and the the YJ, why the hell couldn't they do something reminiscent of the XJ? Well,
4: I'm. I'm not going to say hold your breath, but we are. I think due here in another couple years for a a Cherokee redesign. So I, I think 2020 is is going to be the big year for for kind of what we've seen as far as these regurgitated name badges that have come back to life. Um, they're going to be due for a redesign here in another another couple years. And from what I have heard from early rumors and whatnot, there's going to be some massive redesigns. Um, and, and one, another thing they're going to try and do is, is a lot of these, the lesser SUVs that the grand Cherokee, the Cherokee, the, uh, the, the compass, all of them are sort of going to get a little bit of a makeover to make them all look very similar. They're going back to, Hey, we want all of our vehicles to look a little bit more alike. And, and so I'm very curious to see what those kind of design changes are going to bring into the mix as well.
0: Well, somebody there at Jeep needs to go up to the big office, the head office up at the top and kick Sergio R. or whatever his name is on the nuts and say, <laughs> this is what we're doing. <laughs> but, but good job on the JL so far. Everything I see, I really like. I, I, I was yeah, really concerned yeah, yeah. that it was not going to look like a Wrangler anymore.
4: Hey guys, coming up later in the show, we've got a treat for you guys and girls too. Stick around as we've got Stephanie Lynch, a Texas girl with a Jeep and a dream, and we're going to hear her story in just a little bit. And, hey, don't forget, tune in next week. We're going to have Terry Amy with Canadian Jeep Girls on for an exclusive interview.
0: Now, Josh, I don't know if you recall, because it's been several episodes back, uh, we had an, uh, a segment given to us by uh, Steve, 4.3LXJ, uh, a Jeep tip uh, on how to do airing down or what, what airing down was and why you should do it. Uh, he's going to continue that with this part two in, uh, I think it's uh, how you choose, uh, how, to, how you measure the air in your tires which is a lot oh, more critical good. than what I what I was thinking.
5: This is Steve, 4.3LXJ, with another Jeep tip. Last time we talked about airing down your tires and all the benefits that that gives you. Now we have to talk about how you do it. First thing you need is a good tire gauge, and there are several types on the market that have been out there for quite some time. One is the pencil gauge. Every uh, gas station guy carries one in his pocket, and he can just sort of... Get you in the ballpark within a couple of pounds on your tires by uh, flipping this gauge out and and sticking it on the valve stem. But these aren't too accurate. And uh, like I say, they just get you in the ballpark. And I would not recommend one of those for our purposes for going off road when you want to have all of your tires at an equal pressure. The next type there is that is the digital type. I would shy away from these just for the idea that they only, most of them only go in even pounds. So one pound of pressure at 15 pounds psi makes a lot of difference in tire diameter. So if you're running lockers and so forth, I would shy away from the digital type. The third type is a a gauge that has a circular round face. It's got a, a sweep hand on it that uh indicates how much pressure you have, and there's several styles of these, some of them have a long hose on them. The type that I prefer just has a simple little short two inch stem on it that has a, a little relief valve in it so that you can put the gauge on there. it'll stay at the pressure that is in the tire, and then you just when you want to empty it, you just punch the little button and it Goes back to zero. There's three types. One is the zero to 200 pound gauge. It's made for truckers. They use 100 150 pounds of pressure in many of their tires, and that's not a kind of a pressure that we would ever see in any of our tires. So the the next range is the zero to 60, and this is the most practical for us because we might have a street pressure of say 30 to 32 pounds and we might want to go down to 15 pounds and might want to go lower and that brings us to the next one there's one that has a 0 to 15 pound range this is a useful tire gauge if you're doing a lot of sand or soft snow uh, driving Um, so this can be a useful tire gauge for you and if your target pressure is 15 pounds 12 to 15 The single 0-60 to tire gauge is probably what you need. And as I mentioned, there is a uh, little button on the side of some of them that releases pressure. If you're airing up your tires or you're airing down your tires and you get down to within a half a pound, you can just leave the gauge on there and you can just hit this little button and you can dial your tire right into the exact pressure that you want and It's uh, quick and easy, and it doesn't take a lot of hands to do it. Next time, we'll talk about devices to take the air out of your tires, and then we'll talk about devices to put the air back in your tires in the following episode. See you on the trail.
0: So this is one of the reasons why I love Jeep tips from Steve, because I didn't think anything of the little pencil uh, tire gauges. I mean, that's what I've always (laughs) used. And it but it makes perfect sense and you have to be uh very considerate of your especially if you've got lockers, uh, of your tire pressure because they, they need to match side to side. And yeah. and I guess when you've you're locked up uh uh doing full time or, or or rather part time front and rear, you have concerns about the uh, the front tires as well. So uh very good information and it it makes sense, but I had never thought of
4: it. I'll always good information from Steve.
5: Yep, yep. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And the Jeep
4: Talk Show is just one of the many proud members of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and the Trail Chasers podcast.
0: So, Josh, you know what a meme is, right? Yes, I sure do. How do you spell it? M-E-M-E. Now, see, that would be a meme (laughs) I thought it was uh, like M-E-E-N or something. But anyway, uh, I saw a Mimi uh, uh, a couple of days ago, and it made me think of this. We we talked about this on a, a recent episode of uh, uh, we need to regurgitate some of the information that we've talked about in the past. Just because we've talked about it doesn't mean that the
4: folks that are listening now have heard it. And and, yeah, and we've actually got a, a topic here that we've covered in the past, yeah. but it certainly has has been a while, and I think it's 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 definitely due time. That we uh, that we cover this again, and this is this is one that affects pretty much every Jeeper out there. Or at least it could, and so that's why we want to we kind of want to pull the veil back a little bit on this on this uh, what this is and and how it can happen and how you can avoid it and all that sort of stuff. So, so Tony, what are we talking about? here? Well, uh, getting back to the memey thing,
0: I saw a, a meme a Jeep meme of somebody that had photoshopped twenty seven double stacked steering stabilizers. Oh, on the front yeah, of the Jeep. No,
4: I saw that one too. It was, it was, like, it was like a 12 pack of steering yeah. stabilizers on the front of this axle. I mean, it was clearly Photoshopped, you yes. know, but it was nonetheless, it definitely illustrates uh, an important point and I, and uh, I, about death wobble. And I think a lot of
0: people think that that's a shock, which which they're correct, and that is on there to stop death wobble. And it, it, it isn't, folks. It really isn't. It will p- potentially mask death wobble to a degree. But it is not the underlying cause of the death wobble. Now, I, I don't think that everybody knows what death wobble is. Consider that you're driving down the road, maybe 30 miles an hour, maybe 40 miles an hour. could be faster. Uh, and you start getting this oscillation on your steering wheel. And then the whole Jeep starts oscillating back and forth. And it gets very, very violent. Oh, and yes. right after you shit your pants, you think you're going to die. <laughs>
4: No, if you if you've never actually experienced death wobble, if if maybe if that if that uh, terminology is is new to you, do yourself a favor. Trust me, this is going to make your day or scare the living S <laughs> yes, out of you. Either exactly. either way, go to YouTube and just you know type in, you know, death wobble. And you're going to get a slew of videos that are going to show you very very explicitly what death wobble is and just why you should be deathly afraid of death wobble and and what death wobble is is
0: basically it's a an oscillation that starts in the the steering of uh, one of the steering components but basically gets out to the tires and the wheels and the tires start oscillating back and forth back and forth. You maintain a straight course because they're wobbling both uh, equally both sides, but the whole vehicle is shaking and this this yeah. uh this problem occurs not because the steering stabilizer is bad because Frankly, you can have a front end setup without a steering stabilizer, and yeah, I'm running one right now. Currently, it'll it'll drive just fine, and you won't oh, yeah. have any death wobble. But if you have bump steer, which we can go over in a in a future episode, or uh, if you hit a bump and it gets and it pulls a little bit uh, to the side, the steering stabilizer helps stop that motion. It slows it down, just like the body gets slowed down by your shocks. The vertical motion of your body gets slowed down by the shocks. So death wobble is caused by uh, worn steering components. Now, Josh, how, what's your feeling about uh, tires, uh, tires and wheels being balanced as far as they're contributing to death wobble?
4: Uh, they won't contribute to death wobble, I won't say. They will, however, contribute to vibration and, and maybe a little oscillation in the front end, but I mean... No, I mean unless your wheel is completely tacoed, you know, <laughs> uh, or or you know, you've got you've got so much mud or snow packed into one, you know, corner of the wheel or something like that that it's so far out of balance that it it's literally bouncing the wheel up and off. I mean that's that's about the only way that you're going to be able to duplicate anything resembling death wobble by just a tire Ah, uh, being out of balance, or or you know, uh, something like that, or you know, a bent wheel or something like that. I mean, it will cause some vibration in the wheel that you'll feel, but nothing like death wobble.
0: Yeah. Now, the thing that I've found most often is uh, that causes death wobble is a track bar. Uh, the, it can be loose, uh, worn component. Ah, uh, the the track bar, and I guess there's actually been situations where uh, the nut wasn't put on with uh, Loctite and has actually backed out. And now you just got a, a loose nut, or I'm sorry, a loose bolt. I just wanted to say loose nut. Uh, they get a loose bolt in there that's allowing that track bar and your whole front end to move side to side.
4: So Yeah, you, a, wallowed, a wallowed out yeah, track oh yeah. bar yeah, mount is, is, yeah, is probably, I would say, three quarters of the cause of, of your typical death wobble. Another one could be uh, your ball joints. If you've got really worn or a broken ball joint, uh, that could start making things uh, wiggle around in ways that they shouldn't. And, and especially once you you start getting up to speed and, and whatnot. And a lot of these issues won't happen if you're just driving down the driveway uh, or or maybe under you know, 15, 20 miles an hour. It's once you start getting up to speed, you start creating these oscillations and they start adding to each other uh, and things start multiplying. And that's when the front axle starts bouncing around underneath the Jeep.
0: Yeah, and if you change your speed because these these oscillations occur at a, a specific speed or a small Range uh, of speed, like I said, 30, 40, uh, it just really depends on the, the condition of your front end. But anyway, these oscillations will begin. So if you slow down, the oscillations will, will go away. And I don't think anybody's been brave enough, but if you speed up, <laughs> the oscillations will go away. It, don't it mean, happens let me ask you have, you,
4: have you ever experienced death wobble yourself?
0: Uh, I did in my 1983 pickup. Uh, and it was very much like i 'm describing it was at a, a, like around thirty five miles per hour uh I, and it wasn't it didn 't happen all the time i couldn 't make it happen. You could just feel it coming i think it 's like uh you know you're, when you you know uh when you uh the time you know you 're going to throw up you don 't oh. like it. You know, you, you can know feel it coming, coming. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just gonna have to go through it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, death wobble is very similar. In fact, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but my wife on the the 2003 TJ that we got, she experienced it, and hers was oh, occurring no. like at sixty, sixty, seventy miles an hour. Oh. And, and as as the story goes, between two eighteen wheelers on I-10. <laughs> so uh, i replaced and this is the this is the critical piece guys it doesn't cost that much to solve death wobble oh before i tell you how to solve it let's find it first you know you have death wobble you suspect you're going to get death wobble because you've been feeling a little queasy (laughs) going back to the throw up reference uh it it, you just have to chalk the wheels of your jeep Get somebody in there on the steering wheel. It's going to be a lot easier for them to turn that steering wheel back and forth if the engine's running, and that's why we're chocking the wheels. We want to make sure that you don't get run over. Uh, and then get down under the front of the Jeep with a flashlight and look at each part, each movable component on your steering. So the uh, from the uh, the, the pitman arm where it attaches to the drag link, all the drag link on the other side, all the, uh, the uh, tie rod endpoints, and especially that uh, track bar. And and this is the thing that got me. Uh, I think I, I saw this on the TJ. I saw movement. It may have been a 16th of an inch. That's all it takes. And I was thinking to myself, well, it can't be that. That's not hardly moving at all. Because I'm, I'm expecting this thing to just be swinging wildly, well, you know? yeah. <laughs> and that's not the case. So if you see no. something that is just a very small amount of movement, and when I say movement... Uh, you're comparing it to what it's attached to. So, uh, if there's, if you're looking at a, a tie rod end
4: and you see that the what do you call the thing sticking well, you gotta out? You got to be careful thing? because because movement of t- um, tie rod ends should move. Right. They should rotate. They should rotate. Uh, you know radially. Uh, you know uh, around an axis, but not up and down or back and forth. So if they if they rotate, that's fine. But if it, when somebody's working that steering wheel, or you can grab that, you know, the the tra- the track bar, or the tie uh, the um, the tie rod, or whatever, and, and wiggle. it, If you can get movement out of it, if you can grab it with both hands and start
2: yeah, reefing true. on
4: it, and you feel there, there's something loose there, then you know you've got a worn component. and And if you don't already have death wobble, you're gonna start experiencing something close to it. So that
0: bolt part that comes out of the the tie rod end, if you see the bottom part, the cup part, moving independently of that bolt part that shouldn't be happening and that Correct. that's a worn tie rod in and needs to be replaced and folks these things are not hard to replace and they're no. not expensive in fact i did yeah. the entire front end of the tj for like 200 bucks uh just buying all the parts off of amazon i mean i replaced there you go. the 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 drag link the uh the tie rod all the ball joints and uh, I think the, I can't remember, I think uh, I, either, uh, I either moved my track bar over to the, from the XJ to the TJ, the, the heavy duty one I had, or it came with the kit. I can't remember. So now
4: speaking of that track bar, we, we said that was probably one of the main reasons yes. for death wobble. And that's going to be one place that you want to pay special attention to um, while you're down there taking a look at everything while somebody is working that string wheel back and forth. And any degree of movement, movement whatsoever on from that bar that connects from the driver's side frame down to the passenger side of the axle itself. This is what keeps the axle centered under the vehicle. Um, if you see any movement on either side of that, well, then you know you're going to have an issue. Uh, and that is something that you want to take care of uh, very quickly. Yeah. Because uh, if you let that go, it's, it's just going to get worse. And there's nothing that you can do to put a band-aid over it that is going to do you any favors at all. Uh, so that, that's going to be something that you'll want to take care of
0: yeah exactly so and it can be dangerous because uh quite literally the uh, the front axle can go one direction and your jeep can go another now that yeah. would be a severe situation and it is not likely to happen, but it can, and uh, you don't want to go through that now the the t j had about uh a hundred thousand hundred and two thousand miles on it whenever I had to do all this stuff. It really depends on the the size of the tires and wheels that are on the uh, on the jeep. Uh, for, uh, for how long your front-end components are going to last. And yeah. also, too, that's why they make aftermarket. So uh, we don't have any video to show you guys of what kind of movement we're talking about, what kind of movement to look for in your worn steering components, but I bet you YouTube is full of them. So I recommend that you guys go over to YouTube, uh, You know, maybe uh, finding death wobble, uh, researching death wobble, worn components. Um, searching is an art. Uh, so just do your search uh, on YouTube, and I bet you'll find out exactly what we're talking about.
4: And hey guys, if you're looking for a source of Jeep tech info, how-to's, and gathering a fellow like-minded Jeepers, please head over to our forum, jeeptalkforum.com. Once there, you can engage with other Jeepers, ask questions, get answers to your build questions, check out Show & Shine and Off-Road Picks. I bet you might even be able to find a video of some death wobble up there. You can read about events, modifications, even find some selection of uh, some written transcripts from segments right here on the Jeep Talk Show. And if you're worried about how you're going to be treated, don't worry. There's no flaming, no making fun, and of course, No such thing as a stupid question. Whether you're brand new to the Jeep world or you've been around the trails a little while, there's something for every Jeeper at JeepTalkForum.com. All right, guys. Next up, we've got some reviews on tap here, and we love hearing from our listeners, guys. We love hearing some feedback from you folks. And if you have any constructive criticism, well, we always read all of our reviews live on the air. And uh, so no matter what it is, if you're going to give us uh, take us to task on something or uh, give us a little pat on the back, well, we love hearing from you either way, and you can do that a number of ways over on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can always leave a comment there, of course, on Facebook or on iTunes. You can leave us a uh, comment as well as give us a give us a review, one to five stars, and we love those five-star reviews. Uh, and we had a review come in this last week as well through iTunes, and uh, this one came from uh, All Pipes, we believe. Uh, it says, <laughs> I'm a jeep nut for life. So I first started uh, listening to your podcast because of my then-girlfriend and her love for podcasts. So I typed in Jeep, and you guys popped up. I had just recently purchased a 97 Jeep TJ that needed some TLC, and it's uh, a gunmetal metallic. Sorry, Tony and Tammy. Anyway, it fell apart out on a trail ride over a year ago, and I have been waiting for my welder to fix up the frame. Over the summer, I decided enough was enough. I needed my Jeep back mostly because listening to your podcast... Has brought back that Jeep itch that I just must scratch. Hopefully, yeah, there we go. Hopefully, soon my Jeep will get some love, as it as it is and has been in many many pieces since last fall. Much to my now fiance's disliking. Oh, I feel <laughs> your pain there, bud. <laughs> I have found a donor frame and now things seem to be on track again. It's not easy listening to your podcast while not driving my Jeep, but soon we will be reunited again and hopefully in time for my fiance and I, baby that is due at the end of December. Hey, congratulations. I'm hoping that baby and I can't, or I'm hoping that baby can't get to sleep without a drive in the Jeep every night. That would be perfect if that's the case. Keep up the good work. I love the new format. Also, we eat turkey for Christmas, not goose goose or at least my family does jeep wave from canada willie the wheeler <laughs> that's that's sweet i like that that's a good one
0: that yeah, was great it was nice and long too i, I love hearing all those uh, wonderful things and a baby coming along the way gonna have a, a jeep to uh, bring the baby home uh from the hospital and hopefully
4: gonna name that baby after me <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, you know, I was just going to mention uh, you were talking about uh, the pat on the, the pat on the back. I don't know about you, Josh, but I kind of like a belly rub.
4: Oh, you know, I'll go for a back scratch. <laughs> oh, back
0: scratch. Uh, I love back scratchers. You got a back mm-hmm. scratcher? I got one at work now, on my desk. I'm
4: in I'm, my desk drawer at all times. I'm sir. thinking
0: about putting a <laughs> webcam on it just in case somebody walks over there to borrow my back scratcher.
4: Oh, can't have that. <laughs> uh, no. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk.
2: Hey,
4: last week we started our discussion about off-road and uh, auxiliary lighting and aftermarket lighting. We learned about the different kinds of lighting products out there available to us Jeepers and the different types of bulbs within the lighting products themselves. We learned about high-intensity discharge or HID lights. There's the other gas-filled bulbs like halogen or xenon as well. And then there's the direction everything's leaning, and that's LED, or light-emitting diodes. On this week's Tech Talk, I'm going to go into a little more detail about the bulb types and get into some of the main pros and cons of what you may find when shopping for aftermarket lighting. Okay, let's get into some specifics. Halogen bulbs out there, they're very common. They're used on most vehicles made today and are a common stock light bulb. In fact, you're going to find them on just about every vehicle out on the road. Even though they have been around in one form or another since 1882, that's right, it's old technology. But a modern halogen bulb contains the gas halogen, although it can also contain xenon or krypton in some cases. And no, it's not Superman stuff here. And trust me, it's real. And burns brighter and more efficient than older sealed beam ga- glass headlights. Now, there's a ton of science on how this all works and, and what makes you know the difference between one bulb and another. But I won't, I'm not going to cram all that scientific theory into your ear holes right here. Bottom line, halogen bulbs typically are the least expensive choice as far as bulbs compared to others, and uh, I think your performance can pretty much match that. Now, HID, or or high-intensity discharge bulbs, are similar to a fluorescent light, like in your home, garage, or office. Just like with those ceiling fixtures, most automotive HIDs use an external ballast. Some manufacturers have figured out a way, however, to make it a part of the bulb's base, uh, but, you know, you see a mix of those. HIDs use a tungsten filament and are usually filled with xenon gas. They come in different combinations, but the thing to know here is that they are very bright and they are energy efficient as well. They won't have the power draw that a halogen bulb has because of the complicated, complicated technology and switching and materials and manufacturing and all that. These bulbs and the accompanying ballast and igniters to run them will usually cost more than a halogen light, however. So if you're looking for some HIDs, well, you might have to budget for it. Now, the direction that everything's going is LEDs. We see them all over the place. Light emitting diodes. They are introducing their way into just about everything. And they're the new kid on the block as far as being used in the auto and truck markets. The drawback is that they can be the most expensive option of the three types of bulbs out there, but they do have some positive aspects when used. They're a solid state electronic technology light that doesn't rely on any incandescence or electroluminescence. They don't have a filament that can break under rigorous off-road use either. They have a lower energy requirement and they have a long, longer bulb life. It can be almost any size, especially smaller sizes. It can be activated with a digital switch. There is a drawback with this technology as it becomes more commonplace and we see it more and more in online marketplaces. And that is that there are a ton more knockoffs of the gear that actually performs well and lasts too. That $800 light bar that you can get on Amazon now for $97? bucks <laughs> let us just say I wouldn't put that on my Jeep. And to keep manufacturing costs down and to make the price undercut the competition by several factors, you plain and simply have to use cheaper materials. You have to use lesser quality components, and likely your quality control is not going to be up to par. So the housings of any light come into play as well, no matter what it is. Nowadays, these high-tech LED housings double as heat sinks for the electronics inside. And the lenses use Department of Defense level IP rating ceiling technology to keep out any amount of dust, vapor, or condensation. IP60 anything is pretty much the new industry standard here when it comes to that. But these heat sinks can also be gigantic wind dams, creating wind noise, and in some cases even a whistling sound that will plain and simply drive you nuts. Some of this is negated by the new curve design, but it's ultimately going to depend on the vehicle and the mounting location. If you're on a shoestring budget but absolutely have to have auxiliary lighting, then be wary of buying something with plastic housings. They may fit the bill, but prolonged use or bulb upgrades can quickly find you with a pile of melted plastic on your bumper or roof. Let's not get into how little they keep out the dust and condensation. And some of the old school metal housings like those, uh, you know, the chrome KC lights. Well, those might look fancy and they have that retro appeal to them. But trust me, it's going to be a lot of upkeep and maintenance as they will oxidize and, uh, well, they're going to need some polishing over time. So which bulb or bulb type and housing is the best? Well, that is a big question. And it's not cut and dry here, Jeepers. There are too many variables to consider. When deciding on your driving lights or fog lights or off-road lighting, the type of bulbs used will factor into your choice and also affect your your pricing. Obviously, an LED light from Rigid will typically cost more than a halogen one from KC, but it's a matter of personal choice. Where the light will be mounted, how they will be used, and which light fits your Jeep or truck is all going to come into play here. Get a better idea of the style you want. Trust me, this can get out of hand real quick. Do you want to go with all round lights, all square, maybe a mix, maybe all rectangle, single row, double row LEDs, yellow lenses or not, driving lights or fog lights? Maybe both. As you guys can see, there is a ton of questions out there that only you are going to be able to answer. And I'd recommend sitting down, starting a list of some of these types of questions. Take a look at some of the picks online and then turn to some of the experts to get advice and get you pointed in the right direction. I can go into an hour-long discussion just on how installation and and some consideration installation considerations and tips, but we're going to save that for another day. For now, I hope at least you have a better understanding of some of the lighting systems out there that you can see on Jeeps and when shopping online. But hey, if you have any questions about what you think you should do when lighting up your own Jeep, feel free to post up your question on our public forum over at jeeptalkforum.com or shoot me an email at info at jeeptalkshow.com. Either way, we'll get you going in the right direction. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss a Tech Talk. Next week, we're going to go into some performance upgrades that fit perfectly with this time of year. Are
0: you there? You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. We uh, contractually have to have Tammy's voice on every uh podcast <laughs> episode so i have to find something that <laughs> you gotta
4: find a drop in i gotta there. find you gotta a drop with tammy's voice otherwise we'll I'll be go, in oh, breach she, of she contact made it. she called in after all okay. <laughs> hey this is tony and i'm tammy and this is josh and you've reached our 24 7 voicemail line you guys know what to do so at the beep leave your message
3: hey jeep talk show it's nate unlike Nikki g i was able to find the speak pipe button anyway <laughs> i just want to call in uh listening to episode 305 and you guys have all this chat about fire extinguishers and what's broken and mounts and training and everything. And I just wanted to, uh, give a little, uh, info about fire extinguisher training and how valuable it seems to be. Um, you always just sort of assume that when there's the event of a fire that you're going to be able to figure out that fire extinguisher that you've got, you know, in your kitchen or whatever. Um, several years ago, the employer I was working for got some sort of an insurance discount if they had enough People on staff that were like emergency trained. So I got, you know, CPR certified and whatever. And one of the things that they gave us was fire extinguisher training. And I have to say that after having been through the training, I mean, like the fire company actually came out and they had these rechargeable fire extinguishers we all got to try to, you know, put fires out with. And, um, you know, controlled fires and whatnot that they set up for us. And I got to say that I have a much better understanding of how to use a fire extinguisher, and I feel much more comfortable about actually using one to extinguish a fire in emergency. So I highly recommend it. You could probably go to your local fire company and ask them, and they may actually have classes or something where they'll, they'll teach this sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, definitely valuable information. So, cool. Keep up the good work, uh, you know, when it comes to fire safety and whatnot. All right, thanks.
0: So I think uh, uh, he got cut off right there, right before he said. And uh, Tony's suggestion of getting two fire extinguishers so you could uh, <laughs> test one uh, and then use the other one uh, was a great idea. I think we, we he just you know got, I, yeah, got cut off,
4: cut, cut off right there at the <laughs> end. Yeah. And I'll just mention,
0: I'll just mention that a lot. And I think this is this is true for for most fire extinguishers, they're red, so they got to be good. Nobody wants a black fire extinguisher because. You can't find it in the dark, Josh.
4: My, my <laughs> silver one is, uh, is nice and bright. But not as bright as red. Well.
2: <laughs> from around the world.
3: Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview.
0: All right, guys and girls, we have another interview for you guys tonight. And uh, Josh is going to be uh, helping us out here with some uh, some questions and some uh, uh, witty comments, I'm sure. Uh, so we have Stephanie Lynch with us tonight. Stephanie, thank you very much for joining us. I, I often do this, at, le- at least we try to do this every time, we find out a little bit about the person before we start talking about all the fun Jeep stuff. Uh, give the the folks an idea of uh, where you're located, and uh, uh, I don't know anything interesting about your area.
1: Uh, well, I'm actually located just north of Houston. Um, as some, most people know, we just recently, you know, experienced Hurricane Harvey. So uh, right now, we are kind of in a transitional state from you know flooded to remodeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's everyone around here.
0: Good old Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, we, I think we actually uh, oh, yeah. talked about a little bit about this on the show. Uh, it was uh, it was not fun for a lot of folks in this area, and uh, I can't remember. Are you you're not up in the? Are you further north than the woodlands or south of that?
1: Uh, I, I want to say pretty much parallel. Okay, just a more on the east side, like 59 north.
0: So uh, and I, I didn't want to go into a lot of this, and it, it might even bring some uh, painful memories to you, but you had uh, you you had about uh, two or three feet of water in your house, didn't you?
1: Boy. Uh, about two feet. Mm. Uh, we evacuated at nighttime. Actually, uh, in the evening, uh, water rose pretty fast. I want to say it went up about four feet in about two hours. Mm. And so we evacuated. It immediately went to start pulling people from their homes. Like the next morning, once we got situated, woke up the next morning pretty early, grabbed some food, and ended up dropping a pontoon boat on uh, some pretty major streets in Kingwood <laughs> and were pulling people that were stranded on their second floors.
0: Now, uh, the thing I don't know, are you from this area? Or are you native uh, to this to Southeast Texas?
1: Uh kind of been all over really um from bernie texas that's you know what i consider my hometown uh spent a lot of time in houston uh lived a little bit in mesa arizona spent about six months in riverside california uh spent almost a year in new lennox illinois mm. but i've always come back home
0: so you i guess you were you up there you were up there long enough to experience the snow then
1: Yes, I'm personally not a fan. <laughs> I'm
0: surprised it it snowed here like four times in my life cuz I am from southeast Texas and uh, I would list, I hear people talking about how bad the snow is. Uh Josh, do you guys you know you guys don't get much snow up there, do you at the at the lower oh, uh, sure. lower it, it elev- really,
4: elevations? Well, yeah, maybe not on the lower elevations as as often as you say drive you know, a place like Montana, but uh <laughs> but yeah, we don't get shut down, you know, because of feet of snow here very often
0: yeah so uh anyway the uh, the thing is uh, the thing i was going here was if if you're from houston or if you've been in houston very long say 20 years you know it is very flat and it floods very easily so uh now harvey was definitely a a weird situation but it's certainly not the first time it's flooded in in houston so uh anyway great uh uh, thoughts to go uh, go out to you about getting your house back together Uh, nobody likes that nobody likes the smell uh, and you, you hate it when the mold inspectors come in and go, eh, I don't know. yeah, that looks like mold to me. And you go, no, it's not. Just let me back at my house. <laughs> so hopefully you'll get all that stuff back together. Um, let's get over to the, uh, the fun stuff, the Jeep stuff. Uh, now, uh, first off, do you have a Jeep? I do
1: actually, I'm actually <laughs> uh, outside looking at it right now.
0: <laughs> all right. Watch out for the mosquitoes. Um, so the this is the most probably the most critical question that we're going to be asking tonight. What color is that Jeep?
1: Batten white.
0: Oh, that's very disappointing. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> you see, the, t-
4: Tony has a
0: uh, has a
2: little bit of a
4: <laughs> Tony has a bit of a bias towards <laughs> red Jeeps, but that's okay. We don't fault him for it. Uh no, no. So of course not.
0: So, uh, was there no other color available, or or was there no color available? Because we all know white isn't technically a color.
1: Uh, well, actually, it used to be black.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: Yeah. Used to be Josh. It was.
0: It was a conscious effort to for it not no longer to be black.
1: (laughs) Well. Yeah, I think I've I've had a couple people call it the Michael Jackson of Jeeps.
0: Oh. Uh, so Sorry. we'll have to cut that. I don't think anybody's going to enjoy that. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it's funny. It's it called that all the time. I get so, hashtags for it. So was it right? I'm like, Oh, thanks guys. Well, yeah. hey, be-
4: Before we get, before getting any further, let's find out what the Jeep is. We, we know what color it is. Let's, let's find out what it is and, and maybe a little oh, bit about yeah. <laughs> it. Yeah. See, I see pictures of it. So I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a 2008 so, it's got the 3.8 liter. It did have the four-speed automatic. It's mid-transition to the six-speed manual. Um, and I do have the four-doors. Okay,
0: so you got Love
4: the it. JKU. I learned that from
1: Oh, Pammy. so
0: this
4: is a Liberty we're talking about. Okay, I understand that.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a convertible Liberty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, and see, you get a hard time just coming on the show here. So, um, the, the, <laughs> the thing I was going to ask you, was there a wreck? I mean, what... Uh, People don't generally repaint their vehicles. How did you get it from uh, from uh, from black to white? What was the reason for that? Just you just wanted to do it or
1: Well, one when I I actually had a budget. I had a budget and looking around it seemed that a lo- certain colors held their value more than others. Oh. So, I could walk in. I walked into numerous dealerships and looked at white Wranglers. And even if it was, you know, a, it could be a two thousand eight with seventy-three thousand miles and after I wanted the lift rims and tires, it always came out, you know, eight, nine thousand dollars more than say a black one. It that just seemed to be my luck. So bought a black one after lift rims and tires and paint job actually came out a couple thousand dollars less oh, than if wow. I were to buy a white one.
0: That's, that's, that's amazing to me. You know, I see a lot of white vehicles running around Houston going back and forth to work. Uh, I just think how boring it is. I got a friend of mine that loves white vehicles and I just tell him he's crazy.
4: It's Um, gotta be a, it's gotta be a demand sort of thing because up here in the, in Northwest, I mean, there are hardly any white, you know, JKUs out here. I I mean, it is a rare commodity. Uh, There's probably, you know, 10 black or, or gray ones for every white one, you know? And, and so it's, it, maybe it is a demand thing, and that's why it was driving up the price or something like that. That's yeah, the only thing I can think demand. of. But uh, but nonetheless, I mean, good for you for for going after it and uh, you know, kind of a roundabout way to get there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, heck heck of a heck of a find. So you must know somebody that yeah, paints I'm vehicles. I'm sorry. You must know
0: somebody that paints vehicles.
1: I have a couple of uh, Jeep friends that that are painters.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the way to
0: do
1: it.
4: So are you active in your uh, local Jeep club circuit or um, are you involved in the in, with the Jeep clubs at all or any off-road clubs?
1: Um, I actually used to be. Um, I've kind of, you know, had a lot going on so that's not really been a big thing. Uh I do get involved with a lot of the local Jeep group charities. Uh, so that's that's something that I really enjoy doing. Uh when it comes to a dealing, about usually that? Just calling up a couple of uh, really good friends that share the passion and, hey, where do y'all want to go? Hidden Falls, Barnwell, you know, did a nine-day overland trip to Big Bend. Wow. That was a good one.
4: Wow. That sounds so, amazing. I want to get back real quick to the, to the charity aspect. That's a, a, a big part of a lot of attraction with the show. We're involved with charities and, and charitable groups and stuff as well. It's, what, what sort of involvement do you have? What sort of uh, groups would you like to give a plug to?
1: Well, this weekend, there's an event going on. It's called uh, the Suds Run, and it's held by a very sweet lady. Her name is Penny. She gets these groups together. We all meet at Bucky's in Texas City, and we basically gather together powdered laundry detergents, little baggies, and other necessities that the Ronald McDonald House in Galveston, which is a burn victims unit, uh, needs the the supplies that they go through regularly. So oh, if wow. you think about it, you have burn victims that, you know, they're very sensitive to detergents. They are always having to keep clean clothes and things of that nature. Well, Ronald McDonald House runs through detergents like crazy. So we try and go above and beyond and get them as much as we humanly can. So all these jeeps will gather up and then we'll get a police escort all the way down, get everything unloaded, and get to spend some time getting a little tour of the facility, meeting some of the people that are actually living there with their families. Because these people are being uprooted everywhere from all over the world oh, to wow. live at this location. So that's the, most, that's the one that we've got going on this weekend.
4: Well, that sounds amazing. I, I just kudos to you for for you know getting involved with that and and, uh, and and just the the charitable spirit behind that. The jeepers coming together is there a lot? Is there a lot of people involved with it, a lot of off road community involved with this, or is or is this an event that uh, that kind of brings a lot of people from all over around?
1: It it brings a lot of people from all over this general area. Uh, people who are unable to attend usually will you know PayPal money to you know another jeeper that's closer just to say hey buy whatever you can you know load it up take it down there you know people are setting up you know drop-off locations saying hey if you are unable to make it to the event go ahead and bring it by our our company and we'll make sure it gets there so it seems to be kind of a, a houston and surrounding areas thing
0: that's really cool. Uh, we're actually very lucky in this area, Josh, to have uh, one of the greatest medical centers in the world close to downtown, and of course that burn unit down there in Galveston. So uh, yeah, it
4: sounds like they're doing amazing work.
0: Yeah, if you uh, if you uh, have a problem, uh, Houston, there's a lot of people from out of town uh, that come here uh, to to have things uh, taken care of. So we're very fortunate uh, in that respect. Um, Stephanie, let's switch gears a little bit back to the Jeep. Uh, now, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on here was is that. Uh, I like showing that uh, if women would like to be involved in this uh, this hobby, this madness, this sickness, uh, they can be. They don't have to leave it up to their boyfriends or, or husbands to uh, do all the work. And uh, one of the things that uh, impressed me about uh, you, whenever we got uh, 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 talking on on Facebook, chatting back and forth about your plans for your Jeep, was just your your uh, immense knowledge of of the Jeep and what you wanted to do. Um, now, you mentioned about putting in the, the six-speed transmission. Uh, you uh, you actually have quite a few more plans for your Jeep, don't you?
1: Yes, sir, I do. Six-speed was just a repair. It was a cheaper repair than having an automatic transmission rebuilt. I'll it's bet. just taking a little bit. It's something that it doesn't seem anybody has, has done before. So we're kind of working out the bugs and kinks right now.
0: So the six-speed transmission that you have going in there, uh, what is it from? Is it from a JKU, uh, or is it just something that uh, will fit?
1: It it is from another. Uh, it's from another JKU. Uh, same. It was the three point eight liter that it came out of. Um, the the place that I got it from, they they did include the engine transmission harness, so that was pretty easy. Uh, found a gentleman who had done an LS swap in his and no longer needed his manual transmission ECM.
2: Oh, good. So I, I've
1: acquired that. And then uh, actually, uh, Eric, the guy that I'm, I'm dating, has a friend who's fantastic at programming vehicles. And so he has managed to take the ECM and rewrite it to accept my vehicle's then.
2: Wow. And
1: so he he's made some trickery <laughs> With the computer to kind of you know erase a few things because you know the harnesses going in they require you know no seat belt uh, no seat belt light or anything of that nature so he's got to go in and, and delete that and just kind of make the computer believe it's non-existent.
0: So n- we're not going to have to delete this portion of the the interview so that the FBI don't fi- doesn't find out about this guy, do we? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs>
0: Well, that's really interesting. So uh, now you are, uh, uh, I know that you had told me prior to the interview that one of the things you were going with the uh, the standard transmission was is that because you had uh, two large tires on your Jeep and it was causing some
2: issues.
1: Yes. I did the blonde thing and kind of the careless <laughs> thing um, of not gearing when I went up in tire sizes. The vehicle had the factory uh I want to say it's a 373 three gears in it. And once I went up to 35, it was okay, but I did have some shift issues and when I went up to 37s, you know, didn't stay a chance. Transmission <laughs> was screaming and started slipping out of force.
0: Okay. Uh I was I was going to say now, I I know what it's like to go up and over overpasses, mild overpasses with 355s and uh 33s uh so I could only imagine what it was like to go with uh, up up over the <laughs> just a, a moderate climb uh, on uh, on thirty sevens. So really, this is a, 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 a basically a way of getting around uh, regearing. And I think you had said that you had wanted a, a standard transmission from the beginning.
1: Yes, I wanted a standard from the beginning, but I'm still actually re-gearing because it it actually just it helps with your RPM. It helps
2: with your mileage. Oh,
0: no, no, and it's oh. and it's going to help you off road too, as you well know. Uh, the the lower the uh the higher the gears, the lower the ratio, the better it's going to be for crawling. Um, so uh, now you've got thirty sevens. Uh, well, actually, you don't, do you? Because you're you're currently running around on ice cream tires.
1: <laughs> yeah, right now uh, she's not mobile. Right now, we have a few more things we have to figure out pertaining to the wiring and uh, the clutch issue because the automatic wiring harness still remains in the vehicle
2: mm-hmm.
1: so sold off the other 37s and yeah currently she is sitting on a stock rims and tires just to get her rolling around the driveway a bit
0: yeah now let me get this in here real quick because i think i did mention this on a prior show now you had some interest okay. in uh in a diesel uh op- a diesel swap in this uh this jeep is that correct
1: Yes. Once the motor decides to blow up on me, that's, that would be my, you know, end goal.
0: Now you seemed a little more or, eager about the, the diesel when we chatted about it a while back. Uh, what changed?
1: Um, Just the fact that everything that goes into it, the diesel motor that's more readily available that, you know, I can go and probably buy a lot cheaper would be like a 4BT and it, it doesn't require as much electronics Mm -hmm. as what my Jeep is equipped with. So you would have to switch out a lot of, I mean, the gauges, for instance. You'd have to change out all your gauges to manual gauges. And in doing so, that's thousands of dollars right there. Um, On top of that, you know, have to redo a whole transmission. Uh, Have to get a whole new transmission and transfer case and all of that. Um, And so that I mean, that's something I really, really want to do. But as of right now, you know, speaking with Eric, you know, and, and a few other people, I, I'm on the fence between going with diesel or just in the future doing an LS. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems LS is more popular for the fact that it has a whole lot more horsepower. But I love, I love the torque. I'm not oh, looking to go
2: anywhere too oh, fast. Yeah.
4: Well, as popular as LS swaps are and as readily available uh, in the aftermarket as, as the supplies are needed to do that sort of a swap, uh, have you heard about the Cummins Crate Engine Program?
1: Yes, Cummins actually just came out. They finally released their R2.8. That's and right. And they're working with Bruiser Conversions as well as Advanced Adapters to create just a plug-and-play system Uh, bruiser conversions is doing all the wiring advanced adapters of course is doing all the adapters um you can if i'm not mistaken you can buy the motor from cummins and then bruiser provides you know the entire install kit if
2: that's That's right that you want to
1: do uh you're still looking god i want to say like $28,000 Twenty-eight to thirty thousand
2: dollars. Oh, I was—I was, I
4: was going to say you're—you're you're in the twenty thousand dollar neighborhood for it, to you know. But uh, I didn't know if that was an option on your radar or not. Yeah, that's—that's so that's wanting a diesel uh, really I'm, bad. It sounds
1: nice, plug and play, would be amazing. Oh option, yeah, oh, but, but you're you going to pay for it, that's all right. A
2: broke
0: of it. Yeah, a buddy of mine uh, and I went out to SEMA. I think it was in 2013, and that was one of the things he was doing because he was really interested in putting a. Uh, a diesel in his XJ, and uh, we—I think it was Advanced Adapters—that we actually stopped by their their uh, their booth, and uh, he talked to them, and I think they wanted like uh, five grand just for the adapter plates and stuff because it was all CNC yeah. and pretty aluminum oh, yeah. and everything. And it was like he was like, "Holy hell, <laughs> that's a lot of damn money." Yeah,
1: it's expensive. <laughs> it, is, it is very expensive. And what was interesting was while. You know, you're you're gonna get more torque and you're gonna get more horsepower out of the R 2.8 provided by Cummins, but I thought it was pretty interesting. You could easily, uh, it's still gonna require modifications, a lot of modifications. Mm-hmm. But the Jeep Liberties came with a 2.0 or a 2.8 CDR motor. It came with a Cummins common rail, so. Um, there was a gentleman in Colorado, and I, I talked to him. He, like, $5,000 gets you the transmission, uh, the motor, transfer case, you know, come
2: and dig out. Yeah, and those like, little wow, common rail...
1: a lot cheaper.
4: Those little common rail diesels that they put in some Jeeps were were actually not half bad either, uh, you know, for what they were. Uh, but the, the extremely at least out in my neck of the woods, extremely rare. I, I think I've seen maybe one or two... Uh, jeep diesels out here and which is really weird because you'd figure out here in the pacific northwest home of the uh you know granola eaters and birkenstock wearing tree huggers uh they'd be all over the diesels but but not so much so (laughs) it's it's uh yeah kind of hard to come by out here at least i thought those
0: were the groups that hated diesel and one of the reasons why we don't have more diesels in this country
4: just weird because diesels run cleaner than than gas but you know it's uh i see the black smoke and that clearly means it's polluting
0: (laughs) rolling coal yeah coal's bad (laughs) Um, so, oh, and you know, speaking of XJs, you have, uh, some, uh, hidden XJ in your past,
4: don't you?
1: Yes. I, I, I had a little XJ at one point in time, a little, uh, Oh, come on. Say it with pride. I
4: know
2: (laughs)
1: it's
0: the, it's the people she's hanging with. (laughs) So anyway, you had the, you had an XJ at one time and, uh, uh i i no. know i got the feeling that was a near and dear thing to your heart was the xj uh,
1: i i really sometimes i regret getting rid of it because i could have you know stopped with my jeep at one point in time with the jku and just made that a reliable daily and i could have had a lot of fun with the xj mm-hmm. but you know situations you know things happen you got to you got to give a little and that was the one thing that had to go. Yeah. Well, you
0: know, you got a Jeep and uh I look at yeah. it the uh, the JKUs uh I look at that as what you know, if they had had a four-door Wrangler back in the days of the of the XJs. That would have been a viable alternative, especially you know if you had a family and you but you wanted the Jeep and you needed those four doors. But at the time, you know the TJs, there was no four door TJ. So it's uh, I consider the the JKUs uh, much like the modern day uh, XJs in a way. You know they don't have that that beautiful 4.0 liter engine uh, in them, uh, run forever engine, but. Uh, other than that, I, uh, you know, it's, it's still a Jeep. So, and you're doing a lot of stuff to it. Now, you're doing one of the things that I, uh, I kind of admonished uh, uh, Tammy about was she bought a Rubicon. And she's got heated seats and a heated uh, steering wheel and heated mirrors. And I don't know how you sit on a mirror. But uh, she has all these buttons for lockers and stuff. I told her, I said, there's a, there's a bit of uh, good in buying something that doesn't have all that. And then you modifying it, you make it your own, you deciding what that you're going to put on there, what lockers you're going to use, uh, how you're going to activate those lockers. Is this going to be a lever with a cable? Is it going to be a push button for uh, uh, an air compressor? So uh, I, mm-hmm. I think the way you're doing it is much more the way I like doing it.
1: Um, and I want one again, you know, I got what was in my budget. Um, you can make yeah. changes later. My whole thing was, is I wanted a vehicle that had not as min like not as much electronics as say a Sahara or a Rubicon has mm-hmm. now. Yes. If I've gotten a Rubicon, you know, I would have been able to have the 44 front. I would have had those lockers. I would have, you know, depending upon what package you get, you know, possibly had 410 10 gears um, and the heated seats, but you know, that's, each their own. We we all do things differently. You know, I, I may have taken the harder route, but I love the fact that I get to make it mine. And you know, in and, my way.
0: And and we get to give people a lot of crap for buying it uh, ready made. <laughs> <laughs> I did nah, it the hard they, way, they damn have, it! They have
1: the money for it. If they have the money for it, then do it. Go
0: for uh, it. Oh, you're, you're you're not going to play the game. Okay, that's fine. Now you have some <laughs> upcoming changes that you're going to be making to uh, radical changes to this Jeep, right?
1: Uh, I guess you can consider them radical. What I mean?
0: Well, you're going to trust the getting, uh, you're going to trust the axle. You're going to change out the uh, the gears and the yeah. axles. Uh, what what else did you the, the ejection seats or something you were telling me about? <laughs>
1: Yes, I, I'm actually installing a passenger eject button. A pes- passenger, um, exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, um, my I'm actually doing RCV shafts in the front. It's getting trussed, gusseted. I understand a lot of people, you know, you, you have the people that are like, oh my gosh, you know, you're bulletproofing a 30. Well, you know, when, when you do it the way I did, which was buy a piece here, buy a piece there, to me it makes sense. And then later on I can turn around and I can sell that axle. To a smaller vehicle, you know, say a YJ, or maybe there's someone out there with a TJ that wants to, you know, who would rather take it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, but to me, at the point in time, it made sense. Later, when you do a motor swap, yeah, you'll have to go up axles, But yeah, she's she's getting quite a bit. She's getting the long arm kit. She's like I said, RCDS, press gussets, gears. Um, she's getting probably one of the you know the last energy cages. Um, that's, you know, we've got, to, we've got a weld into her getting bucket seats front and rear. So instead of having five seats, she's now going to have four individual reclining seats, um, four point harnesses, uh, seat, the seats are heated front and rear. Uh, just a lot, a lot is, is happening with her right now. And it has kind of been over time, but it seems, you know, it's about to really, you know, get down to business. Let's get this thing done. Oh yeah, I just well,
0: it, it's been down for a while, hasn't it?
2: Uh, I, that's lucky. not too bad. I don't know. I've, oh, got, yeah, I've got you beat. <laughs> <laughs> Josh,
0: Josh has had a motor problem, uh, a head uh, head issue with his for a while. Now, what what's uh, what gear ratio are you going with?
1: I am actually going to do five thirteen.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, with 37s. So, is 37 your ultimate goal, or are you thinking bigger?
1: Honestly, I think with this Jeep, 37s is is the end. Uh, just because after that, I'd have to change up a lot more with the suspension mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, control arms and things of that nature. I would need to go higher. Personally, if I went any higher, I would want to go with coilovers. Mm-hmm. But then and, with yeah. coilovers, you have to get all the, you know, all the brackets and i'm just oh i know it's no, it's, I it's its nearly it, a, it's nearly a
0: endless what what lift are you going what size lift
1: uh it's getting a three and a half or it's actually a four inch so she currently has a four inch it's just getting uh control arms um swapped out um, you know because right now she's running her uh stock control arms which if i had the you know, the geo correctors or the control arm drop brackets for the front and the rear, then uh, it'd be perfectly fine learning stock control arms. But I don't have those. So yeah. uh the longer control arms will definitely help uh correct any geometry with your drive shafts.
0: I tell you, Josh, uh I tell you, Josh, when I had the, the, the chat conversation with her on Facebook a few months ago, it was like yeah. It was like talking to an encyclop- jeep encyclopedia. This girl knows her stuff. Can you
4: can you tell? Absolutely, absolutely. So, how long have you been a Jeeper? How how when did you get your first Jeep?
1: Uh, I actually did not. I did not get my first Jeep. You know, I'm going to have to blame my dad on this. Thanks, Dad. Um, did not get my first Jeep until I was 22. I'm 28 now. Um, my my dad refused to let me be the only girl in school that had a jeep.
2: <laughs> oh no. So I I
1: grew up, I grew up around CJ5s and CJ7s and, you know, going on Jeep jamborees with my dad.
4: I was so, going to say there it sounds like there there's a, a bit of a familial, you know, history there that it wasn't just, well, I like Jeeps all of a sudden and uh, you know, at 22 years old decided to get a Jeep, you know. It sounds like there was some history there behind the scenes with the uh, with Jeeps and and there it is. Bit.
0: Stephanie, I have some bad news for you. Uh, Your dad didn't mind you having a Jeep. He just didn't want to work on another one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No. Because
0: I've got three and I'm always working on a Jeep. I'm sorry.
1: My my brother got a Wrangler.
0: He just
1: didn't want his daughter having a Wrangler. It was Uh kind of the, you know, living out in the country, being the only female at the school having a Wrangler. wasn't going to happen.
0: That's a shame. I, I like my girls uh, driving Jeeps. It makes me feel a little, little safer for them, too, especially with the flooding we have safe. here. Well, Stephanie, was there anything else that you wanted to uh, impart any knowledge on us? Uh, I think that you, you covered it very well. And uh, if not, uh, if you'd like for people to be able to find you on Instagram, Facebook, so on and so forth, uh, shoot that out there.
1: Oh Well, you know, they're more than welcome to, you know, look me up on Instagram. Free Spirit underscore Jku. Uh, to me, there there is no such thing as a stupid question. If if you have a question, you know I'm going to help. Uh, if if you're if you want my honest opinion, you're going to get it. Oh yeah, you know, you uh, will. just just want to <laughs> help people build their idea of a perfect Jeep. You know what what makes them happy. So if you want to do you want to ask me questions? Please, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I
4: like that. Yeah, kind of cut from the same sort of cloth. I like that spirit. So, Stephanie,
0: what are you going to do when you finish your Jeep? What uh, what'll be the next thing you'll? uh, What a hobby will you go to after that?
1: Uh, I will leave this Jeep alone, and I'm going to help Eric build a YJ because we got a little baby YJ that's just itching for its growth spurt. So we've got (laughs) some, you know, product already sitting around waiting to get installed on it and it's going to be a beautiful project.
0: Have you considered and putting in uh, have you considered putting in uh, rectangle headlights rectangular headlights in your, uh, your JKU?
1: Uh, I actually on YJ Fanatics I want to say I, I drew some rectangular headlights in to try and fit in with everybody. <laughs> Didn't really look that good.
0: See, I've asked her a couple of questions to give her a hard time and she's gone with it both times. She's just a, <laughs> a very easygoing person. I expected you to go, <laughs> hell no, round headlights forever, you know, that type of thing. All right, Stephanie, well, no. thank thank you very much for the interview tonight, and I'm sorry we kept you a little a little long, but uh, enjoying the uh, the discussion, and uh, uh, Josh actually managed to get a couple of questions in here edgewise. Thank you for uh, showing up uh, here with us tonight, Josh. Josh is usually oh, yeah, uh, trying to get into uh, in from work, and he doesn't join us exactly on time, usually uh, slides in while the interview's
4: going on. yeah. Got in there just in the nick of time. Well, thanks again, Stephanie. Really appreciate your time this evening. And, uh, and once again, uh, you know, really keep up the good work there with the build and, and with the charity work. Oh, yeah,
0: helping people.
1: That will do. We'll let y'all down.
4: Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah big thanks again out there to <laughs> Stephanie Lynch for for taking the time to, to talk about her work with the charities and her Jeep build and, and letting us uh, maybe give her a little bit of bad time too
0: Oh something. gotta gotta give a uh, a jeep girl a bad time I mean a jeep guy for that matter uh, but uh, very interesting I hadn't uh, no idea about the Sudge run uh, going on there. Uh, and I had no yeah, idea, I've heard
4: of the, you know, toys for tots, yeah. you know, the coats for kids, you know, all that sort of stuff never would have thought that, 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 that's a thing, you know, that, that place like that would need things like this in that kind of a demand. I, I just, yeah, that blew my mind.
0: It makes perfect sense. Uh, you gotta, you know, if you, if you've been burned, you're going to be very sensitive to, uh, to chemicals and, uh, the, the soaps and stuff that, are uh, or wash your clothes and, uh. Uh, that's definitely going to be uh, considered chemicals and be very sensitive to it. So what mm-hmm. a wonderful thing to be a part of. And uh, if, if you're in the, the southeast Texas area or in Galveston, this is uh, something that uh, you can get a, uh, be a part of. And, of course, you now know how to get hold of uh, Stephanie on social media, and I'm sure you can coordinate with her and uh, ask questions and uh, become
4: a part of that. Or, hey, even in your own town, if uh, you want to coordinate a, and start a charity like this, yeah. i Boy, more more power to you! I think that would just be uh, would just be great. That's right, because you can ship anywhere, right? Indeed, yeah, you can, yeah, ship it to to this place, or if you have a burn center in, in your town that would uh, that would require that sort of thing or needs that kind of help, uh, you know, get with your communities and be stewardship, you know, get the stewardship going with not only just our, you know the off road parks and in, in the places where we wheel, but also the the you know, people in our community that could that could use our help as well. You know, I've lived in uh,
0: Southeast Texas all my life and I, I am betting that they have talked about this on the local news and I just didn't, it didn't soak in. It didn't, I didn't right. pay attention to it. So when we have uh, guests like this, uh, it is, it's, it's, for me personally, it's wonderful because I'm taking the time to listen. I'm taking the time to pay attention, and I'm learning about this, and, and now I'll remember this from, from, uh, from this point forward. And hopefully our interviews are doing the same thing for you. Uh, you're learning a little bit more about not only Jeeps, but the things that are going around, uh, going on around, uh, around you in your world.
4: Oh, yeah. Jeepers don't just Jeep. We do a lot of other things, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Contrary
4: to what your wife thinks. Ah. Uh. <laughs>
0: from the mind of
3: Nikki g hey this is Nikki g and uh holy shit snacks speed pike <laughs> is working today i have been blessed yeah <laughs> uh, the reason why i'm calling is i'm getting a uh, driveline vibration and i heard that a transfer case drop would solve the problem so uh, i dropped out my transfer case and uh now the only time my Jeep moves is when it's rolling downhill. Sort of like how this joke went. <laughs> boys and girls, all night. you later. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye.
4: I thought he was going to throw a serious tech question at us there for a second. No. Like, oh, no, Nikki G's having some no. problems. You so must I'll be
2: new. That. That. You
4: must be new here.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently. <I'd... laughs> oh, gee. Well, that's uh, we can't go without Nikki G, and we can't go without uh, must-have stuff for your Jeep.
4: Yeah, that's right. And this week we've got something here that's a little bit out of the normal, but I, I figured this, for the price that it is and what it does, is a must have item for all of you out there who have a 2007 to 2016 Jeep Wrangler JK. So, guys, check this out. This is the MPC Complete Add On Remote Start Kit for 2007 to 2016 Jeep Wranglers. Uh, this is a plug and play kit, guys. Now, trust me, you don't need an MECP certification to do this one. This kit is a true plug and play kit. The wiring T-harness was designed to completely eliminate the need for wiring connections that typical systems require. The installation of this product will still require the removal of your steering column cover to access the connection points. However, the connections are simple plugins. ins Anybody can do it. Now, once uh, installed, you can use your existing remotes, guys, to start the Jeep by pressing the lock button 3 times. That's it. No need to carry extra key fobs. How cool is that? Warm or cool your Jeep up or down or whichever way you're going from the comfort of inside your home. When you are ready to drive, just put your key in the ignition and off you go. If you have a 2007 to 2016 Jeep Wrangler and just $99, then you can have Remote Start on your Jeep too. And this is available on Amazon, folks. That's right. Just use our link. That's really easy to do. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com Amazon and check out. Just do a quick search for this MPC Complete Add-On Remote Start Kit. And uh, you'll find one for your Wrangler. And uh, for 99 bucks and an afternoon in the driveway, boom, you're done ready to go. You know, maybe I've watched too much
0: uh, Starsky and Hutch or something, but this is also a great way of making sure your your vehicle hasn't been wired with a bomb. You can uh, at least,
4: <laughs> or, or I guess
0: it doesn't keep you from the bomb from going off, but at least you won't be in it.
4: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: No, I think what they're doing these days is they're putting uh, pressure sensors in them uh, so they can tell if somebody sits down in the vehicle.
4: So you're, you're still screwed. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. No, but guys, this is a great plug-and-play kit. Um, speaking from somebody who was an automotive electronics installer for a decade or so, um, I mean, uh, your typical alarm and, uh, you know, orculus keyless entry and, and remote start kit, I mean, was a minimum of three to four hours just to install. That's not including the programming, any adjustments, any of that stuff, teaching the owner how to use it all. This is a godsend to installers out there and for anybody who wants remote start on their vehicle but doesn't want to carry an extra key fob uh and doesn't want to pay hundreds of dollars for installation 99 bucks and works with your factory stuff way cool.
0: Yeah. And uh you just need to make sure that you leave your uh climate controls in the position that you want them in uh you know so it'll actually cool or Heat while uh, you're getting ready or doing whatever you're doing. Yeah, you
4: can't you can't adjust that from inside the house. Not but, uh, yet. At least you can start the rig.
0: Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Yes.
4: <laughs> just be, wait. Just wait. Four and a half clicks for well, air conditioning. If you if you, uh, <laughs> if you have the technology, you can hack that 2015 uh, Cherokee out in the driveway and.
2: Uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you
0: just have to go uh, hack into the infotainment system.
2: That's right.
0: There is a rumor that after
4: a long, long wait, you're finally going to get head. Well, <laughs> I'm going to get a head at least. Uh, yes, no, this is a uh, this is a long time coming uh, for That's those of you. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, this is. Uh- wait, wait for it. <laughs> That'll work. So yeah, my, my Jeep has been down for, uh, well, over a year now. Um, and, uh, there's some, some major mechanical going on. I've, I've got the engine completely, uh, well, just about, uh, completely torn down. Um, the head has been at a machine shop, uh, for the better part of two months now. And, uh, and I told them to, to keep it as long as they, as they needed. I had no time frame on this. And so, you know, it wasn't one of those things that I needed in a, you know, done before the weekend type of thing, but, uh, but they've, they've gotten around to it, and uh, they've got everything all done. The head is in good condition. It has been completely rebuilt, and they're even hooking me up with some special pricing on some of the other parts that I needed, um, which is you know obviously the, the head gasket kit. Um, uh, I needed some push rods and lifters as well, uh, and they they went ahead and got me some, some great pricing on that that I couldn't match anywhere else. So a uh, big kudos and a shout-out to D&D Machine in Portland, Oregon. Uh, They've hooked me up, and I want to hook them up with a plug as well. So once again, I'll mention them.
0: Um, Yeah, we should do an uh, an official uh, thirty-second promo or
4: something for them, Josh. I might do that. I might, uh, you know, offer them uh, commercial services or something like that, and uh, and produce a commercial for them that they could use on the radio, and we could play it here. Sure.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, it's perfectly fine if you if you had said, no, I don't want to give them that much attention, but
4: (laughs) I was thinking (laughs) if they're they're helping you out. That's at least the fourth or fifth time I've mentioned them on the show by name. I'm, I'm not, I don't have their number here directly in front of me. Otherwise I'd probably give that out too, but they are online. You can, I think they even have a Facebook page that's D and D as in dog and dog or, you know, Dave and Dave, whatever, you know, D and D machine, uh, in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, and they've, they definitely do right by me,
0: and I wish there was a place like that close by here. I mean, I'm sure there is. I just don't know there about it. There might be, yeah. yeah there I, might be, Tony. Just so it take,
4: takes a little bit of research.
0: It's a it's a great service. Whenever you uh, when you hear somebody saying, "I've used this service and it it they did it they did it right. It, it was a good service yeah. and uh, so on and so forth." So you've you've got to bring us some pictures. Of the head. Well,
4: yeah, no, I'm. I, I might have it show and tell ready for uh, for next week. I, I'm not sure when I'm going to have the time uh, here. I won't be able to do anything this weekend. I've got way too much going on this weekend. Uh, next weekend I might be able to do that. But the, one of the other things that I'm waiting on um, is a timing chain uh, kit. So I a new, new couple of new sprockets, a uh, new timing chain and tensioner. Um, and uh, and I, I figured while I have oh, you know, yeah. the whole front of the engine off, top of the engine off, and all that. It's one of those things. While you're in there, you might as well fill in the blank. And if anybody's had a Jeep for a long time, they're into Jeep building stuff. You know that that's all too common with a lot of a lot of things. And once you start, uh, you know, getting into one area and start doing modifications or upgrades to one thing, it's sort of well, hey, while you have that off and while you're in there, you might as well do X, Y, and Z as well. Uh, otherwise, doing it all over again is just making more work for yourself. Oh or,
0: yeah, you know, so stuff like that. So. so much trouble pulling all that stuff off there. So once it's off, it just uh, makes uh, complete sense to uh, do it now. And a exactly. uh, timing gear and chain is never a bad thing to do. Uh, the, no, the, the it's worst relatively- thing is getting to it.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, now that you know the the core support and the radiator is out, and I've got you know all the access in the world. It's oh, you can sit no there with a five foot to.
0: five foot extension and uh, just oh, sit in a, sit a chair. There, you
4: know, put my feet <laughs> up on the winch, but, you know. Okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and just gonna you know, do this right now.
2: You know?
0: Ah, this is a ni- nice and relaxing. I don't know why anybody doesn't like doing this. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, hey, speaking of service, though, um, last week we talked about a major fire extinguisher recall, and that's why I think another reason why I uh, kind of triggered Nate to uh, to call us in and, and, and talk about that as well a little bit. Uh, we talked about that, that KID-A uh, fire extinguisher recall that is uh, affecting millions and millions of units across 40 years of manufacturing. Uh, a huge product recall. Um, I have one of these fire extinguishers myself. I actually called... Uh, called them uh, the day after we recorded last week's show and uh, well I went through on on their their online process and um, not exactly very intuitive I, I would say I, I was confused at a couple of points they did not make it easy. Um, the, the there's a massive list of things you have to go through to find you know whether or not yours is in this range or that range in this model group or that model group. Um, there no confirmation once you filled in the information that, you know, it's on its way or that it's being sent <laughs> or, or whatever. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it's like a drunk fourth grader put together the coding for, for, for the, you know, their, their online recall section or something like that. I, maybe it was, that was just overwhelmed and, and I was at a bad time and, and, you know, the, the server was getting, you know, overwhelmed or something like that. And it just, you know, it crashed on me or something. I don't know but what i what I do know is that I wasn't happy with the results that I got online uh, going through my this recall process. So I tried giving them a call. And after about twenty minutes of on hold, I was just like, "You know, screw this. You know I you know, try this again another day or something like that. So if you guys are in this process as well, heads up, it might not go as easy as you think. I was actually hoping for a lot easier of a process. I was hoping for something I mean because this with as big of an effect as this has, on the marketplace, I figured that you know this would be something that they put everything into. They're going all in to make sure that everybody's going to get taken care of and they can do it easily. Well, not so much. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'll keep at it and uh, next week if anything changes I'll let, give you guys another update. Well, I'm going to state the obvious here.
0: Um, take the devil's advocate uh, position. Uh, if you had uh, 37 million fire extinguishers uh, that were true. being recalled uh, yes. and if it was gonna cost you a dollar for every one of those, which you know it's gonna be a lot more than that, uh, I would I, I if I was the CEO, I would say, Man, I would love to be able to give them the fastest service, the easiest way of getting that replaced because yes, it's, so, bill t- it's ac- so critical. You know bill and Accounting has something to say though. <laughs> but but as a CEO and wanting to keep everybody's job, we probably need to do this. But we probably don't need to do it easy, because <laughs> right. because we really don't want to, oh, to replace hedging, thirty-seven million fire extinguishers.
4: I, I bet they're hedging on on the fact that a lot of people are going to get frustrated and give up, yes. or the, they'll be like, "Well, it looks just fine to me. I think that it'll be just fine in the future." Uh, they'll ignore it, or they don't know about it, mm-hmm. or oh, or whatever. And 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 chances are half of you know these recalled units will never get taken care of oh i bet you i bet
0: you it would be as high as maybe 30 percent will be replaced oh yeah, yeah, I, I, could, yeah. I, I just because people are lazy and they don't want to oh, i'll just buy another one you know what's a fit what's 50 yeah. bucks
2: right
0: <laughs> i mean 50 bucks is a lot to me
4: but not to everybody so well, no, and when weighed against the, you know, cost of your house or yeah. your child's life, or well, you want to get something replaced whatever. now anyway. You, know, you don't
0: have to yeah. wait for the re- return, and God knows. How long that's going to take, especially with this company doing and that. I don't many. know
4: the process. I don't know if they're expecting me to ship this one back or if they're just going to ship me a voucher for a new one or if I'm going to get a whole new fire extinguisher in the mail. That doesn't seem very practical, but, no. you know, nonetheless, I, I don't know what the end game of this <laughs> yeah, is. I, don't know how I got get me a fire care. extinguisher here. Could you see a bad one? Could you send me three? Because <laughs> I really need them. <laughs> You know,
0: where's the proof that you actually have one? You know, where's your where's your receipt? So, like I said, just playing devil's advocate, I'm I'm sure that the the company would very much, and and, and I may be wrong, uh, but I'm sure the company would very much like to be able to come to your house and give you you know scrub your back back scratch with the with the back scratcher <laughs> and hand you a brand new polished oh, yeah. fire extinguisher. But practicality for the company to continue, they're gonna they got a wish, I got a hope. They even have to be somewhat active. And keeping you from making it easy for you to
4: replace that because it's costing them yeah. money. Well, they don't make money by giving money away, so nope, they
0: don't. And uh, I, I'm just glad that uh, whatever entity, uh, if if they were the ones that came out and said we got a problem and we're doing a recall, you know, hats off to them because that's a whole that's a big shit ball that uh, that company's having to deal with now. If uh, some government entity <laughs> forced them to, hats off to you, thank you, because uh, I would much rather find out about this now than. Uh, when uh, one of my loved ones gets hit in the head by uh, an exploding uh, end cap, and of course that was the that was the issue with this thing—they either don't work or the plastic thing break uh, comes off and, and literally can can kill somebody from the projectile shooting out. There them.
4: has been one death associated with this, yeah. So I mean, this this isn't something to take completely lightly, folks. I mean, this this is a serious matter. So especially, I mean, if you need a fire extinguisher, if you are in the situation of where things are on fire and you need to grab something to go put it out and you grab one of these and it ends up killing you instead. Well, trust me, that's a bad day.
0: Well, you know, this, you mentioned this is a serious matter. So obviously I'm going to uh, go the other direction. What if, what if a grand Cherokee is involved in a rear collision?
4: Oh, for F's sake,
0: which, <laughs> which ignites the gas tank. Cause we've heard, you know, you've reported on this and, oh. and the, the kid a, who I think was in Room 222 in an old show, uh, the Cadet fire extinguisher in pops off from the crash putting out the fire. Oh. It is a series. Saves the day. <laughs> it is a
4: series of recalls <laughs> that actually cancel each other out. <laughs> yeah. Now, in what universe this will actually happen in? <laughs> Talk about a perfect storm of events. would that, that be cool? It's like you, uh, could, you could sue both of them, but
0: you know for what?
4: <laughs> yeah. i
0: guess and they and and today's going we meant to do that yeah (laughs) all right so uh uh you're done aren't you josh
4: yeah i'm done so (laughs) that's it good night folks bye
0: (laughs) yeah don't don't tell josh bye because he clicks and hangs up (laughs) goes back to his normal life he goes back to watch uh, (laughs) this watch the skies for the bat signal um, so, uh, I think, I think, I think unless something comes up, I'm going to be able to start, uh, uh, ordering parts to get the, uh, the transfer case, uh, uh, oh, good. Working.
4: I'm just going to ask you, are are you going to try and shop around here and there? Maybe order, you know, seals over here, a chain over there, or are you going to try and find a, a master rebuild kit, which I know they offer. I know, I know you can buy them over at Novac. Uh, Novak, uh, it was it Novak adapters or Novak.com way. one of those.
2: Yeah, but uh, uh,
4: they, they do that
0: I was gonna get the chain from the place that you recommended uh, as far as I know they don't sell the and uh, I don't know what they're called the input output gears uh, that uh, the chain rides on um, uh, but because I need to get a pair of those and I was I didn't know I actually have a master rebuild kit uh, and I have uh, parts left over uh, the bearings oh. and stuff. That weren't replaced in the transfer case, which I think may be causing an issue now, uh, because I didn't have a. a, I I looked at it and I said, "How do you get that pressed-in bearing out of there?" I mean, it's it. There's no way to get to the back side of it because it's the case, you you know, it it blocks that. And then I found out those little uh, those little pullers that you can put on there and and just uh, you know screw it down and and it pulls it out. So, I can. I can go out there and see if I can find those bearings, which I'm sure are in fine shape, just because they're laying around. As long as they're not in something or rolling around on the ground, I mean, I can air them and, and put grease in them. Uh, I could, I can reuse. I mean, I could not reuse. I could use those, or I could spend whatever it was. I think I spent like a hundred bucks on the master rebuild master rebuild kit before. My concern is, is because is because this is a daily driver. I need to get that transfer case fully operational on uh, like over a weekend.
4: So well, you should be able to do that.
0: Well, it depends on what I find in there and I've never removed those bearings True. before. So I don't know what it, what's going to, how easy that's going to be. So, I mean, there's always a possibility where I just put it back together and, uh, and then I'll take another run at it. Uh, but I would rather not do that. Although since I put the Tom Woods uh, SYE on there, it's a lot easier to break that transfer case down there was all yeah, those rings yeah. and stuff those snap rings right. were just a I mean it's not like the snap rings were difficult to get to they weren't difficult to uh, to take off once you got them going but just getting it on the tool and I bought special snap ring tools one just getting it on the tool and get it to stay on the tool was a pain in the ass.
4: Yeah, that's that's one thing. If you if any, and here's a tip for all of you guys out there: if you are going to be doing tackling any transfer case work, uh, and and really it's not as hard as you think. It's I mean, not. a good exploded view, uh, which is available online all over the place, uh, will will do you wonders as far as you know understanding how everything goes together. And it's just you know going through the process, going through the order, and and you know which thing goes into you taking, know goes in on first. Take pictures. Take pictures. But a good oh yeah. Um, but a good set of snap ring pliers. Trust me, the Harbor Freight ones are not going to work. I mean, at all. The metal is just plain and simply too soft, and they're just going to they're gonna bend in your hands. Yeah, twists and, and stuff, and really the snap rings the, 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 slips off. The Jeep snap rings are stronger than Harbor Freight snap ring pliers. Uh, no joke, folks. So do yourself a favor. If it's something that you're about to tackle um, or that you're going you know, to, hey, I just got a slip yoke eliminator doing my first lift. Gonna do my first SYE install. You know all that. Uh, do yourself a favor. Buy a good set of snap ring pliers. You're gonna thank yourself.
0: So I know that I because I've done this three or four times in the past. Uh, I know I can take uh, the chain off and put a replacement chain back on there, and it will. uh, It might take me two hours now. I mean, because I've done it. Okay. I mean, I can. I know I can do that. Yeah, but but breaking down that
4: output shaft is going to be. You know, that's. I mean, breaking down that that whole output shaft. That's that's going to take a little while longer. Getting those bearings replaced and all that. I mean, you're probably looking at a weekend job.
0: The only bearing I was thinking about replacing was the one on the the front drive side. Because I think that's the ones that, that's causing the issue with the chain. I don't think that the chain going to the other side that that's any problem. It's that 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 gear that sprocket that goes to the the yoke for the front drive shaft. I want to replace hmm. that bearing. Um, like I said, I get in there. I, I don't know what I'll find. Um, I mean, it's been done several times, so I th- I think the only thing the only pro- possible problem I could have right now would be a, a worn bearing. Uh, that yeah. that I need to replace. And I found the tool uh, on Amazon, uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon before you make any Amazon purchases. Uh, but I found the tool on Amazon to uh, to pull the bearing. So I think it'll work out. I I, I have a tendency to to be too concerned about uh, getting it, uh, working through it. And I always find a way to to work through mm-hmm. it to solve the issue. So I probably shouldn't worry about it. But anyway, uh, I need to change the seal on that uh, that front yoke because it's leaking a little bit, and I need to change the bearing, and of course I need to put the those those gears on there and uh, the chain, and uh, the gears were very easy to, to replace. I, I, I've only done it once, uh, hmm. so I don't think it'll be it'll. And the other thing is it's going to cost me around three hundred bucks for parts, and I would really rather not have to do this again after you know yeah. fifteen thousand miles or ten thousand yeah. miles or and, and absolutely no fun off-road. No fun off-road, Josh. I did this thing. I, I rebuilt this transfer case, and I had no fun off-road before the oh, chain stretched.
2: Man.
4: That's sad.
0: You know what I'm saying? I mean, it would be different if I'd been uh, hardcore wheeling it, and I'd go, well, you know, I got my 300 bucks of fun out of it. But, <laughs> but nothing. I don't remember doing anything off-road on this chain. In fact, I don't oh. think I ever used the damn thing. Uh, even though I got full-time, I was too concerned about stretching it. So I was like, I'm not going to use this. I'm going to save it so when I need it, uh, it'll work. And then I was going to go on that off-road thing uh, up here in uh, Barnwell or whatever it was, uh, and uh, uh, I checked the, the four-wheel drive and pop, 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 pop. Oh, God, I hate that. Which brings yeah. me to another point. Uh, I've mentioned this before, and uh, I, I, I need to mention this every show. I, I've been told numerous times to stop that. And put an Np231j in there <laughs> <laughs> and and as uh, as hard-headed as I am I haven't because I really like having the, the four-wheel drive the full-time four-wheel drive available uh, but if you can't use it what difference does it make so if anybody in the sound of my voice really actually in uh, Southeast Texas because it's too damn much money to ship if you have an Np231j for a 1997 forward or you know or later, uh, mine's a 1998 uh, jeep if you got an mp-231 that you that's in a good good working condition i mean i don't care if the chain is stretched or whatever but it if it just needs some some minor modifications to it i'd love to get one because if i had an NP 231 now i would have already built it yeah and, and then what i would do is i would have the the bezel and everything necessary the linkage if there was linkage changes i'd have all that stuff ready and and then one friday or saturday evening I'd go out there and I would just pull that NP242 out, put the NP231 in and then drive that and then work on the 242 later. And there you, go. you know, and then I could, you know, we drive Jeeps. We need we need to be able to swap things, right guys?
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, I was I was kind of surprised um, to find that I looked on Craigslist in the Houston area um, after last week and trying to find you a, a a transfer case, and I am blown away on the lack good of Jeep parts in your area. I was going to be uh, happy and pissed if you found one because I don't I don't <laughs> I don't check it every day, but I have checked it a few well, times. Well, I've been on there a couple Nothing. of times, and and there's really I mean I am I up here we are. with jeep parts up here i mean it is jeep country like you wouldn't believe up here and and so there is on craigslist i mean tens of thousands of of you know um you know uh, results for for jeep parts and stuff like that now up here there there are a smattering of transfer cases that are available there are a couple 242s and a couple of 231s as well um but i was shocked to find that down in your area nothing yeah
0: I drive uh twenty two miles back and forth to work. Twenty both uh that's twenty two miles one way, twenty two miles back. And if I see another
4: Cherokee, it's really, really strange. I may God, see I'll see I'll see I I kid you not, I'll see a minimum of two or three Cherokees on my way to work. I I i, I probably pass, I don't know, a dozen Jeeps or more it, every day. It might as well minimum. be a unicorn
0: down here. <laughs> 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 I see more uh, 2014 forward Cherokees than I see the 83
4: through 2001
0: Cherokees. Oh man! Uh, and and because when I see one, it's like, oh wow, look at there! And and most of the time they're lifted. Uh, I, I'd say well, you, yeah. you got about a 75% chance of it being lifted. Uh, occasionally, I'll see a stock. It'll be a two-wheel drive. But anyway, my point is, uh, now I know the 231 isn't just in Cherokees uh and they right. were in tjs and other things but i don't uh, the majority and i see a lot of jeeps but they're jk's jk's or JKUs. Oh. see a lot of those down here so it is jeep country i just th- i just think i haven't got in the right uh group uh for uh jeep parts yet and uh but yeah, uh, could uh, but I'm, I'm you know here with this uh, interview we did with stephanie she's a local girl she has her her, her, her group of people and uh, West Houston uh, Jeepers. Well, I have to get so, uh,
4: her people talking with your people. It, that's right.
0: <laughs> Maybe a belly rub involved. Oh, wouldn't that uh, be? A nice, nice thank you for a nice uh, 231. And, you know, uh, and I don't mind paying for a 231, guys. I mean, you know, I, I'm thinking $100. i am not expecting
4: a handout here. No, you know, I mean, yeah.
0: but but if you got a free one, I'll certainly take it. Uh, but, sure. well, you know, what are they, But like 100 bucks.
4: Yeah, I mean the going price is anywhere from you know I, I mean I, hell I've seen some ones up here for for fifty bucks, but you know I, I think it might have been involved in a, uh, a recovery out of a lake. Um, but uh, but no, I mean anywhere from uh, about seventy five to one hundred and fifty I yeah. think is is about average, you know, so, uh, for for a used transfer case. Now, obviously, uh, you know something like the uh, the the ones that come out of the JKs with that with that ten to one. Um, you now that's that's you're not going to find one of those for anything under eight hundred bucks. Well, but, but that wouldn't even fit my Jeep, would it? Uh, the splines different or something? Actually, I don't know about the spline count. That's the one thing I don't. I can't remember off the top of my Cause head. Cause I'll but, stick
0: a Rubicon uh, transfer case in there real quick, Bubba. <laughs> but I thought they were compatible. I thought
4: they were compatible. I, so
0: I don't know. I have to talk to Steve. Steve knows all that stuff. He has all that stuff at the uh, the tip of his fingers, the tip of his tongue. So, but yeah, that'd be pretty cool if I could find. If uh, I don't know, did we find out if the TJ has the TJ Rubicons have a special? transfer case like the JK it's Rubicon's just,
4: well no it's just the the difference between well the 2003 i think was the w- was a one year only type of thing but uh, where they did a couple things differently but um, ultimately it's just going to be matching up the your, your drivetrain so yeah. uh, one with an automatic transmission obviously isn't going to work with the same spline count as a manual transmission i think it's like 21 and 23 splines are the are the difference but uh, but yeah they aren't they aren't necessarily compatible you'd have to you have to replace that that output shaft um, that, that goes from the transfer case into the transmission. So, um, But that's, again, that's a replaceable part. You could take one out of a different transfer case, put it in, and, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you're oh, good to go. Oh,
0: okay. Well, as long as I'm not doing something to the transmission, that's not such a big deal. I've yeah, had no, the, it's
4: all, all in the transfer
0: case. I've had the transfer case apart, uh, and it is amazingly simple. Um, yeah, But anyway, they get it worked out, and then uh, I'm going to uh, get some off-road time with pictures so you bastards can get off my back. No, actually, I just like to, you know, I've built the damn thing. It'd be fun to be able to use it. Yeah. Speaking of using it, Josh, where can people go wheeling?
4: Yeah, so we're going to talk about some events that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. And, folks, we are tapering off our show season, guys. No. Uh, the shows and events are sort of, uh, yeah, coming to an end. i uh, have got a couple of charities coming up. We're going to try and get the word out uh, with those here in the next couple of few weeks uh, so you guys can plan your Decembers a little bit better. Um, we have one, I have an unofficial, um, event that's coming up, but before we get to that guys, if anybody is heading to the desert splash event in Parker, Arizona this weekend, love to hear from you when you get back. I want to see how that, how all that went and, uh, how it all went down and everything like that. Love to hear from you. So, uh, give us a call or, or, shoot us an email. Um, but unofficially, um, right off road has done this thing where they do this parade of lights where, I mean, a couple of hundred Jeeps come out of the woodwork. They all have are just decked from from wheel well bumper to bumper to roll bar with a bunch of Christmas lights and stuff like that, and it is really cool. People, you know, put uh, you know Santa Clauses across the top and a bunch of cool stuff. There's a bunch of cool uh, pictures on there. Anyways, I couldn't find official information about this year's holiday parade of lights sponsored by Genrite Off Road. However, they do have an event coming up December 15th. Last year, this event was held on December 16th. So, this event is happening at the Cro- at, at Cronies in Simi Valley, California, December 15th. Check out their events page on GenWrite's Facebook page for more information and uh, see if we can't actually find out if this is going to be an official holiday parade of lights or just another uh, Genright meet and greet.
0: Oh, and don't forget about that SUDS run that uh, Stephanie was telling us about happening this weekend down here oh, in the, This weekend. Yeah, yeah. down here in Southeast Texas.
4: Yeah, and that's, uh, I guess that's something that they do uh, somewhat regularly, at least multiple times a year, guys. So if you can't get involved or volunteer this weekend, uh, well, go check it out. Do a, a quick search for Suds Run and uh, down there and uh, helping out the Ronald McDonald House. And I'm sure you guys will be able to find some information to help you out get involved with the next one.
0: And we're going to make Stephanie give us uh, some heads-up warning, so we'll be able to tell you guys uh, ahead, uh, well ahead of the, uh, the situation, uh, the event in the future.
4: Well, hey, do you guys know of an off-road event that's coming up? Shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? Well, let us know what you thought and what you saw. Call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and leave a message night or day. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Have you heard about our survey? Have you taken our survey? Well, damn it, take it again and this time make some stuff up. No, go over to. No, please don't. <laughs> go over to jeeptalkshow.com
4: slash survey and fill out the uh, survey honestly now we love hearing from our listeners folks we're on facebook instagram tumblr twitter google plus pretty much we're dominating the web just go to your favorite social media site and search for jeep talk show you'll be able to find us
0: oh you remember forums you know before facebook we got so popular well join us on the jeep talk forum pictures stories more detail how to or ask questions of the host that's jeeptalkforum.com and you know what you can search a forum you can't really search facebook now can you Hey, call us anytime, leave us a voicemail at 530-675-4102, and you may hear it on the show. You know,
4: Josh, I remember when I was having a hard time remembering that number. It's It just rolls off like butter now. Oh, yeah. And hey, don't forget, we have free applications for your phone or tablet. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play and search for Jeep Talk Show. Are you making a purchase online or maybe on Amazon.com? Well, be sure to go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. Every purchase you make using that link helps keep the lights on at Jeep Talk Show Central. Thanks in advance for your support. Hey guys, if you're out there in the sound of my voice and you're looking for a voice for your product or your business, by all means, check out my professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com. Reach out to me at josh at thevoiceofjosh.com. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like Vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out. Let's see if our outdoor recreations and our wheeling destinations in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. stand on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly Principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. We need to get somebody
0: from Tread Lightly on here and and interview them. Hear about all the nasty things that happen out on the trail.
4: Oh, I got some more stories for you. (laughs) You guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you next time.
2: since 2010.